0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. And so, we start a new series called Playlist. Your favorite worship songs have more to say. And today we're going to be talking about the song that we just sang a couple of minutes ago and... It's called, Oh, Come to the Altar. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. And the lyrics say this. It says, are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of the shelf? Do you thirst for a drink? From the well, Jesus is calling. Do the harmony for me. No, I'm just joking. Welcome oh, come to the altar. today. There's no reason to wait. Jesus is holy. Alright, we're just going to end it right there, but here's what I here's what I love about this song. There's this one lyric right here in the chorus and it says, look what it says. It says, the Father's arms are open wide. And what I want to the scripture that I want to highlight that is when I think about the father's arms are open wide. I think about this scripture in Romans chapter 8. And matter, as a matter of fact, that if you have any time this week, I want you to open up your Bible app and, or go into your actually your actual hardcover Bible and go to Romans chapter 8 and read the entire chapter. If you want to know who you are in Christ, man, you ought to memorize Romans chapter 8. You ought to read it every single day. But there's this verse here in Romans chapter 8, and look what it says. It says. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we can call him Abba, Father. Can we say that together? Say Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's Children, I want you to take 30 seconds just to pray with me for a moment. Heavenly Father, we just we thank you for what you're doing in this house, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to gather here today and have an amazing time together. But we are first and foremost celebrating you, Father. I pray that you allow me to preach this three hour message in half an hour. In Jesus' name, we pray. And God's people shout, Amen and Amen. I dare you to give God some praise in this room one more time. Uh, today's family, friends and family Sunday, and I want to introduce to you my family. Can I introduce to you my family? Uh, this is my, my, my son and my daughter. Can we give it up for Bishop? This is Bishop, y'all. They're going to help me preach this message. Selah, can you come here? Right here, right, right here, baby, right here. Baby, you're the pastor's daughter. You can just walk up the pulpit. It's all right. Uh, my beautiful wife. Can my beautiful wife join me? Can we give her a round of applause? Ah. Uh, we have our my wife's two children are our, our step well my stepkids, her, and we have a little bit of a of a Brady Bunch family. I don't know if you notice. Here's a story of a man named Rowley That was anyway. And so uh, when me and my wife met, uh, you may not know this, but you know because we both came, I came with my two set of kids, and she came with her two set of kids, and. When we got down on the table and we spoke about getting married, one of the deal breakers was, uh, if you want kids, we this might not work. You know what I'm talking about? You know those people that want to project their emotional instability on you and they'd be like, oh, you should have some kids together. I get real different. I'm like, you should have kids together. Don't be projecting your emotional instability on me. Like we already had this conversation and we agreed that we were not going to have kids. As a matter of fact, if we were, any one of us would have had kids, we'd say, you know what, maybe this is not of God. And you need to go elsewhere. Uh, but one of the things that we agreed on, right, Right? maybe you don't want to get kids, you want no, kids? No kids, no kids. No. But what if God said? I have got God kids. we got God kids. <laughs> that was the most spiritual answer I've ever heard. And, uh... We are blessed. I mean, I, I am uh, the father, the godfather of eight godchildren. Can you imagine that? Can you Look, I got eight godchildren. I have five nieces and nephews by one brother. You ready for this? And then I have two Hispanic younger brothers that have not had kids yet, which means that there is an indefinite amount of kids that I could possibly have within the next five years. And so I'm good with kids. Like I, I'm good with with not having kids. And so for me, I'm just not beat with the you know changing diapers anymore. Like I can't mess up my nails, and I, I just can't wake up. I can't mess up my beauty sleep. And I just like the babies. That like you grab them, and you go goo goo gaga, ga. and then you can go 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 back back. There you go, right back. And and uh, you know for 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 my family, we made that decision. Uh, a long time ago, but me and my wife, actually Jenny was a witness to this, it happened all in the car, me and my wife played a prank on our children that because we have considered though we will not have kids of our own, we have considered what if we adopted a child? So for the month we were talking about adopting a kid and it just so happened Lisa's niece was coming over that weekend and so we pretended to tell our children, we we told our children that we adopted a kid. Don't judge us. Stop it. (laughs) I already see the judgment coming on like stop it. Jenny couldn't Jenny was about to cry. She's like, "I can't. What kind of parents are you?" And so we were like, "Guys, we have news for you. We have adopted a child." And Bishop, what were you thinking when I came up to you and I said, "Son, you have a new sister. We have adopted a child." Well, that affects my life, so you should have asked me first. <laughs> That's what he told me. He said, he says, don't you think you should have... He's like, don't you think that's something, that's like a family conversation? That's what he told me. What, what did you say, Sayla? I was very excited. You, you were excited? But didn't you tell me... She's trying to be a goody-two-shoes right now. But didn't you, didn't you tell me you could have an adopted daughter as long as you don't spend more time with her than with me? Yeah. You we we you know we pulled the rabbit out of the hat. We was like, no, it's 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 okay, it's a joke, it's a joke, it's a prank. Uh but but in all seriousness, speaking of adoption, uh, 34 years ago this week, 34 years ago this week, my wife at eight years old was legally adopted. She never met her biological father, but she was legally adopted 34 years ago, and here's why: it was because there was a man by the name of of of, Adolfo? No, I'm getting, Alfonso. I'm, I got it. I, I'm gonna hear it on the way home. <laughs> Alfonso and Delia Roman. I practiced that like three times. I'm just letting you know. <sighs> that went into Angel Guardian Home, and they looked at this precious little girl, and they said, "We've we've we've looked at your transcript. We've looked at your record." And we want to make you ours. And I love that because I think that's a a microcosm of what God has done for us. Here's what God did. God walked into the room of our abandonment and said, listen, I've looked at your history. I've looked at what you've done. I've even looked at what you're going to do in the future, but I still take my finger and I place it on you. Why? Because I've I've chosen you for my purpose. You never have to walk around not knowing who your father is. You never have to walk around not knowing who your parents are. Why? Because I've made you my own. This is what God did. He says, he says, I made you my own. You are my son. You are my daughter. It doesn't matter what your future holds. It doesn't matter what your past has said about you. What you are now is defined by who I am. I give you my last name. I give you my name. You are no longer going to walk around this earth unclaimed. You are claimed by a good, good father. If you believe that in this place, give God some praise. That's why when I look at Romans chapter 8, it says, So you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, instead you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Now we call him what? Abba, Father. He says almost the exact same thing in Romans chapter 4. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son Born of a woman subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Watch this, prompting us to call him. He says the Holy Spirit comes inside of your heart, and what it does is it prompts you to say, Abba. See, many people don't know, like what is Abba? Abba is actually an Aramaic word that means, get this, ready? Daddy. So Jesus walks around planet earth introducing this term. Abba. Hey, hey, daddy. Now, when I read this scripture, I say the spirit of his son comes into you. And what happens? I hear names like Elohim. Anybody ever heard that name? Elohim. Do we have that diary actually? I mean, yeah. Here's the names of God. I look at the scriptures. It's prompting us to call out Elohim, our creator. El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. Adonai, Lord Master. Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is here. Jehovah Shalom, peace. Jehovah Jireh. You know that song? Where does that song go? Jehovah Jireh, my provider is the vision. Follow me, follow me. She so don't need to go to Pentecostal church to learn that song, right, baby? Jehovah Rapha, healer. Now, in the Old Testament, get this: in the Old Testament, this is the way that God began to reveal layers of who He was. And so many times, here we are as Jesus followers. And we look at these names and sometimes we over spiritualize these names thinking that it is possible that these names are are so revered, Elohim, God creator. I think that when the spirit of God's son comes into my life, it should prompt me to say, Elohim, God creator. No, but it says the spirit of God's son comes inside of you and it prompts you to say, Abba. Abba, what is Jesus doing? Hear me, Look, what is Jesus doing? Jesus, when he walked this earth, he did not refer to God as anything else other than Abba. And then he comes and introduces to you, he says, your father in heaven. Why? Because he understands this and he wanted to communicate... Humanity, that you take God Creator, you put Him in a melting pot, and you melt down El Shaddai and Adonai and Yahweh and Jehovah Shama and Jehovah Shalom and Jehovah Jireh and Rafa, and you throw it in a melting pot, and you make yourself uh, uh, an entire meal. And you know what that prompts you to do? It prompts you to take all those names, all those names, encapsulated in one name. What is it? It's Daddy. See, like, when you when you when you are scared at night, do you say? Pastor Roe? No. How about you, Bishop? You better call me Pastor. Boy, I would. What do you call me? Daddy. As a matter of fact, if my son called me Pastor Roe, I would see that he would be demoting me of who I'm called to be in his life. See, because my son understands. My daughter understands when she was scared at night, not anymore because well, she's nine years old. That when she was scared at night, she didn't say, Pastor Roe, Reverend Roe, Apostle. No, 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 no. If she ever said, Rolando Remedios, I was. Well, anyway, that's another teaching. You know what she said? She says, Daddy! Why? Because when she calls on the name of daddy, she knows that it encapsulates everything that I am. It encapsulates that I'm her provider, that I'm her protector, that I'm her defender, that I'm the one that's going to disciple her. She just has to say, no. Jesus is saying, listen, the God of the galaxies, the God that created the universe, the God that put the stars and the moons and the planets into orbit. And it's not some disconnected God. It's not a distant God. It's not an indifferent God. He's your your daddy. Hear me, hear me, hear me. What if I told you today that what God, the way God wants you to correspond with him is by just saying, Daddy. So many people in the New Testament, what takes place is that the ancient Jewish thought in that day couldn't not conceive. How is it that, that you are referring to the God of the universe as that, as, as child chatter? How could you how could you correspond with such a great God? Or don't you have any reverence. How could you correspond with such a great God with such a familiar term that you use in everyday language? And Jesus says, hey, let, let, let me tell you a story. I, I, I want to tell you why is it, why why this is. And, and I know you don't understand why is it that I'm kind of hanging out with a lot of people that you would normally not socialize. But I want to explain to you why I do that. And here's the story. There was once this father, and this father had two children and one of those children said, "Father, I want my inheritance." And the Bible says that the father gave him his inheritance. Now you clearly know that this is not a Hispanic home. You know you know that does not because if my son asks me for his inheritance, I'll give him his inheritance, all right? He says that the father gave him his inheritance and the Bible says this, look, that the child, that, that 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 the son went and he spent all his inheritance. Let's be honest, how many times has God given us something and we have just taken it and wasted it? Isn't it true? Like I can't tell you how many times that God has given me a blessing and I've taken his blessing and I've just wasted it. And I've just poured it out on things that were meaningless. And the Bible says that this man spent every last penny in all his, he went on wild living. He went to Atlantic City and he spent it all. The Bible says he finds himself in a pig trot. And he finds himself in a muddy place. And while he's, I'm I'm good, thank you so much. Finds himself, I just gotta I gotta remember to wipe. Um, that's why I don't want no kids, because I don't want to wipe anyway. <laughs> this kid finds himself in in a trod, a pig's trod. And the Bible says that he was suffering so much that even the the food that the pigs were eating became appealing to him. It became appetizing to him. Can you imagine that? L- L- this is what happens. Isn't it it amazing that this son was eating from the finest places, but then surrounded himself with pigs, and then began eating the same thing the pigs were eating. Not because it was nasty, it's because he hung around it long enough that it became appetizing. I want to tell you something right now that many times the stuff that we're doing the life that we're living the things that we're feeding ourselves with is not because we genuinely think they're wrong is that for for we've been around it for so long that it's become normal and we've been around it for so long that now we find it appetizing and the bible says look look the bible says that this young kid remembered his father his father, and, and then he says, I'm, I'm going to make my way back home to my dad. He goes, I'm going to make, again, this is Jesus telling this story. Jesus is saying there was a father who gave his inheritance to a son. His son wasted the inheritance. The son now is in a pig's trot, and now the son is making his way back home, and he says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell dad that I'm not worthy of being a son. I'm going to be an employee, and I'm going to work hard for him, and I'm going to do my very best, and I'm going to, and he makes his way home. And he marches his way home. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that while he was a while off. Now, again, this is not a while off like a block for you guys. You know, you guys like a while off. Oh, that's a block. I ain't walking that. Somebody get an Uber because I'm going out a block. No. This is miles distance. And the Bible says, this man says, That's my son. I recognize my son. I recognize my son, even though he doesn't look like the way he left, even though he looks messed up, even though he looks broken, even though he looks full of dirt. I recognize my son because my DNA is still inside him. And so the Bible says that when he approaches his son, here's what they, watch this. The Bible says that he falls upon his son and hugs him, and he can't stop kissing him. It says he can't stop kissing him. You, you know why you can call him Abba? Because there's a father in heaven that can't help himself but to love him. See, so many times we have this, this misunderstanding about God and as, as if God is loving on a budget. I want to let you know that God doesn't do love. God doesn't show love. God doesn't give love. The Bible says that God is love. And therefore, if he is love... If he would stop loving, he would stop being who he is. But the God that we serve says I don't love on a budget. Come with your filth. Matter of fact, you can bring your pigs with you. I love you. What kind of love is this? Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 3 says, long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you my people with an everlasting love, with un.'" Failing love, I have drawn you to myself. He says, see, see, what drew the son back to the father was a memory of his father's love. He remembered how good his father was, and he said, I gotta go back to my daddy. And his father falls on him. And the Bible says that he celebrates because he had a son who was lost but now is found I don't know about you but if you've ever had a scare of losing a child we're not going to mention we're not going don't raise your hand I've never lost my child and I've shared this story but for the sake of this illustration I want to share this story again I never lost my son but you know one of my family members did and thank God they're still alive We were all at the mall and my son got lost. Bishop, get lost, go ahead. That's what loss looks like. And Lisa was shopping. Yo, we put a lot of practice in for this, all right. Lisa was shopping and I realized that the person that I made responsible for my son was currently doing the media lost my son and I said, where's my son? And and I, I lost my mind, why? Not because I just lost my son, it's because what I lost was valuable. That's my son. And guess what, he could have failed school, but he could have failed school, he could have been doing poorly, he could have been a misbehaved kid, but it doesn't matter, that's my son. And then my love is not predicated on who he is or what he does, my love is predicated on who I am. And that's the father's love. And what took place is that... Selah, do you remember, do you remember, like, now, mind you, my son wasn't 13 years old. He was about, he was about eight years old. And if you're wondering, why is he so good looking? And and, do you remember, like, Selah, you know, when I I went looking for my son, was I like, hey, have you seen uh, a young man named Bishop? How are you? Yes, my name is Pastor Roland. Like, what did I sound like when I was uh, looking for my son? You were yelling and screaming, Bishop. Bishop. I lost my, mole, uh, my I lost my mind in the corridors of the mall, and I started screaming Bishop at the top of my lungs. Come to the altar. Why? Why you can come to the altar? Cause the Father's arms are open wide. So I was calling for my son, Bishop. And I saw my son from a distance. I saw him from a long way off. But he heard the voice of his father. And the man that he was with at the kiosk, he says, I think I hear my father calling. I don't know where you come from today. You might feel like you're in church, but you're still a long way off. I want to let you know, what if you leaned in a little bit and maybe, just maybe, you would hear your father's voice today. And I, I said, Bishop! And my son, my son, my son, my son, saw my, I said, Bishop, and, he cried to me. and I picked him up and I said, my son is found. Oh, come to the take this here's what I want you to catch. I did a word search I looked up this word Abba. Can I tell you what Abba really means? See, when we translate it we translate it as as daddy right? But here's what Abba is actually a word that evolved into a word. Abba was a word that evolved into a word, what do I I mean? That the term is Abba Pater. And so in ancient Jewish uh, culture what began to happen is Abba became a word because there was a, the babies of that time would start, (laughs) I don't know, we we have a, a, a beautiful little girl here. And uh, we just have a video. We don't have it here today, but in the video, the baby girl is going like this. Look, she's going like this. Mom. That's what she's doing, right, Dyra? This is the video. This is the video. Look, it goes. Mom. They were children. It's child-like it's chatter. It's actually a baby referring to their parents saying, Ah, ab, ab, ah Ah ba Pastor Roe, you look real silly right now. That's what God wants you to look like in his presence. But I don't know the words. I, I don't know all the names of God. I don't even know all the scriptures in the Bible. I don't I don't know. I don't know what to I don't know how to interact with God. I, I just I don't even remember the last time he says what well, if you can do this, Abba 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 Abba. Says you're my child, and so you can refer to me as daddy. Da, 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 da. Maybe your greatest prayer is not speaking in tongues, it's not saying all the Bible scriptures, but maybe your greatest prayer is standing before the presence of God and saying, Dad, Dad, Abba Father, Abba Father, I belong to you. Come on, if you can say that in this place, let's get up on our feet. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.